<coughs> Three. Hey, Bill, will you talk? Yeah, I can. Okay, what do you want me to talk about now? I was talking before. Jeremy, will you talk? Yes, I can. I'm talking. Hello, Dad. Okay, I just wanted to make sure my microphone wasn't picking up you guys from my computer because I don't have headphones. Okay. All right. Three, two, one. Playoffs are for winners. On the other side, we do have to deal with Ngakwe. <laughs> Ngakwe. You are listening to the Packers pregame podcast. And who better to pound the rock than AJ, the Tree Trunks Dylan? I don't, I don't, I don't have a good nickname for him. Answering the hardest question. Or should we just let this play out? Um, you know that's a good question. Fiery debates. It's Kyle. It's Kyle Fuller. Kyle Fuller's better than Jair Alexander. Yep, he's better. Uh, unbiased opinion, I disagree. And finally, the hottest of takes from the greatest of truth tellers. All right, look around, pre-snap, where's number 20, where's number 20, there he is, that's where I'm going. You don't even have to make reads. This game is a chance for Mitchell Trubisky to turn the tide on his career in the next decade for the Chicago Bears. The question that everyone should have been, well, it shouldn't even have been a question, the statement that everyone should have been saying loud and clearly, yelling it from the rooftops, from the mountaintops, is look what Aaron Rodgers has done in spite of Mike McCarthy. He has won in spite of the people above him and the people higher up in the organization. He has dragged this team through the mud. He has willed this team to win. We do not give him the credit that he deserves. Hello, and you are welcome for listening to the Packers pregame podcast. I am one of your hosts, Mike, and with me, as always, your favorite co-host, Bill, a.k.a. Big Willie. Bill, how are you doing? I'm great, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. I actually, I want to talk to you guys about something going on in my life uh, before we get started. So I'll tell you how I'm really doing at that point. But uh, I have a problem that needs to be solved and I don't know how to solve it. Uh, uh, Jeremy. Gambling addictions has a number, Mike. You can call them. They'll help you out. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I don't want to solve that problem. Oh. Yeah, no, I don't want to solve that problem. That problem is fine with me. And we also have your resident Bears fan, Germ. How are things? How are things in Packerland? Things in Packerland? I, we'll talk about it. I don't know. Um, I have no idea. I don't know where I stand. And, I, and I'm excited to hear where you found or are finding the fatal flaws if you're finally going to reveal that to us. But All right. before we get started, this is a real weird conversation. But I pulled into the parking lot of my business this morning. And Someone took your there was... Spot. What's that? Someone took your parking spot? Nope. Even weirder. There was a condom on the ground. And I have to get rid of it. I have to dispose of it. What do you mean, why? Yeah, why would you have to dispose of it? Because it's in the middle of my business's parking lot. So? It's not yours, is it? No, it's not mine. But if people pull up, Bill, this is a, a professional business. And if someone pulls up in the parking lot and they see it, that's not good. So how do I dispose of it? You don't. A stick. I don't know. Don't touch it. It's gross. Get some. I, okay, so you don't touch it. So how do you get rid of it? If this is do or die, get some gloves and suck it up. Or uh, get a stick and you just kind of fling it. Where? I don't know. Away. Are they biodegradable? <laughs> Probably not. I don't know. Okay. Well, I just thought. I think. Well, the what did you do? Can, I was thinking about bringing tongs home. Like from home, picking it up with no. some tongs and then giving it then a, you're gonna have tongs, to use a real those good every, rub. No, because every time you look at them, you're going to be like, I use these to pick up a condom. Yeah. You just need some disposable so plastic gloves and you need to just pick that thing up and throw it away in a garbage. So what did you do? Like a dumpster. I haven't done anything yet. Whoa. <laughs> so, hang on. So you're complaining that you have to get rid of this condom and meanwhile, it's just sitting out in the parking lot right now. 
Yes, because I don't okay. know how I've, I've not figured out how to handle this situation. Nobody's coming in today. He's got all weekend to think about it. Yeah, I do. So, all right. Maybe maybe you'll get lucky and a, and a bird will pick it up and fly away with it. That would be lucky for me and not the bird. Who cares about the bird? <laughs> he made his choices. Yeah, he's a part of the the bird bourgeois or whatever, whatever that line is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, um listen okay uh listeners if you have any suggestions feel free to tweet at us uh because i'm kind of stuck but we've got a ball game tomorrow night sunday night football in lambo kickoff under 10 degrees under five degrees maybe zero degrees then don't ask it lance and we found out because we were lazy and we pushed off recording it actually benefited us because we found out that Kirk Cousins will not be playing. We will get to that in a minute. But first, we are going to recap the game of last week versus the Cleveland Browns. So, I want to know who wrote in the rundown the special teams is going to be the undoing for the Packers. Oh, I kept that in since the Ravens pod. Yeah, I'm okay. pretty sure that... Uh... Either I wrote it or Bill wrote it, or maybe we both wrote it, but it's just it's in just there. like an evergreen. It's an just evergreen. Yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah it makes it's sense. Like, it's like last season when uh, every week you would just change the name of the running back and then the ex player is going to have a career game on the ground against the Packers. You just, yeah. It was just a fill in the blank. You know what stunned me? I have a serious question. The When we played Cleveland, the special teams unit found a new way to lose yards by making what the referee called an illegal double block. What is that? Have you heard of that? Well, is it, was it on a punt or a kickoff? It was, I don't know, a kickoff. If it was a punt, a kickoff. Because if kickoff. it's the kickoff, you can't do the wedge anymore. That's illegal. You can't do like the thing where you lock arms and double block somebody. They got rid of that because so, of safety reasons. So, so okay, have you ever heard someone be called for that? No, because nobody's dumb enough to do it anymore. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so the, uh, the ref calls, they don't make it up into the corporate suite that Lando so I didn't hear it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think our recap uh, is going to be a little hindered by Bill's memory. I don't think he saw much. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say, if you guys want to ask what I saw from the game, wasn't a whole lot that I remember or saw. Sure. Well, here, let, let me, uh, I, in, just so you know, um, the second part of the information that you need from the game is that the Packers' defense is back. Are you finished? The ah, there it is. Yes, yes, to being the Packers' defense of, of old, giving up like 200-plus yards on the ground. No edge. Can they, they, the, the Browns ran a play, Bill, and I don't know if you know this, but the Browns ran a play on third and 10 where it was – uh, like an outside zone from the shotgun, and it went for 14 yards. That we're back to that. Cool. I feel. I mean, I feel like, like I said earlier. Why did I? I gave in. I trusted myself. I said this defense was good, and this is my fault. You went. Ba- fault. You went back to the to the lady friend, and it's not working I out. I went back to the cheating spouse, and she's Uh-oh. cheating again. Oh, hey Mike, I got a question for you. Yeah. Um. So Kirk Cousins being out. What's the uh? How does that change the Packers' defense's DVOA? Uh, it actually is a positive for the Vikings' DVOA against the Packers' defense. Packers' defensive DVOA, which I think I may might have defense in it twice because I think defense is the D and DVOA, but I'm not quite sure. But it's like negative 14 now for that because okay. now they're just going to turn around and hand the ball off uh, to Dalvin Cook, who is going to Cook. And the Packers' defense may be in trouble. Mm. What do you think? Did you run your calculations? Uh, yeah, uh, my calculations came out not good for the Packers' defense. <laughs> um, well, that actually brings something up, like a, uh, something I wanted to talk about. Um, and I want to ask both of you, and I, I'm going to start with Bill, and then I want to hear Jeremy's take on this. How do you feel about the Packers right now? <laughs> like, do you feel good? Like, because they're 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 what now twelve and three? Like, 
they have the best record in the NFL, but how do you feel about them? I mean, I mean, they're, they're often just okay. (laughs) I don't know. Dude, Aaron Rodgers hasn't practiced in like six weeks. Like, I don't know. They're, they're often, it's like every game now, the offense starts slow and then they're like, they're, they're really bad in the first and the fourth quarter and they're super good in the second and third quarter. And our defense, I mean, I don't know. It's like turning into like a turnover machine, but like also has like the, the Don Capers, Ben don't break, give up like a billion yards a game. So like, I don't know. Okay. Jeremy has in the group chat, and I don't, we weren't able to do the podcast last week, but Jeremy earlier in the year, Jeremy was in a bad spot as a Bears fan because he could not find the flaw in the Packers. He, he has said, and, and Jeremy, I know I'm paraphrasing, so correct me if I'm wrong, but he was always like, you know, I can find a flaw in the Packers. I, I know what their undoing could be, but this year I can't find it. And then about three weeks ago, I think actually two weeks ago, it was after the Baltimore game, Jeremy was like, I know what it is. I know what the fatal flaw of the Green Bay Packers is. So, Jeremy, where, how do you feel about the Packers? Are they are they good? Um, I wouldn't. So, for your paraphrase, I'll switch it up to, I don't think I found <clears throat> the exact crack in the wall or kink in the armor. Um, I just sort of finally got enough confidence to say I really believe I found three or four teams that, like, I, I could see them going into Lambeau and winning a playoff game. I could I could see it. I could see them getting beat by a team. And it's all Name names. It's all different ways they could possibly get beat. But I want to answer your original question is how do you feel about Packers right now? Um, me personally, still pretty afraid. They're still really good because um, they're winning. They're playing well in most parts of the game. But the, the numbers and some of the play is starting to mount where they got gashed on the ground by the Browns. They haven't, the Browns haven't been a great running team for a few weeks now. It seems like they've got their swagger back against the Packers. Um, their offense scored three points in the second half of that Christmas Day game. I didn't even know that because I was kind of in and out of the game. I didn't realize they only scored three points. It's gone a little stagnant. But what I still worry about as a uh, hater is they can <laughs> they can have all these flaws in this bend don't break stuff where they're getting some of these uh, turnovers, and all they really need out of that offense that they're entirely capable of doing all the time, and it feels like mostly a Bears thing because they would always do this against the Bears no matter how much their defense is lighting it up and they're playing lights out. It just takes that one. Just takes one deep shot and then they're in they're within 30 yards of a score and they can get a field goal out of it which is just enough for teams with bad offenses or they can punch it in because they hit that deep shot and that's just the one thing that scares me because even if the offense is really stagnant they still have that i mean they had the uh they had the shot to Devonte adams that would have closed out the game and then he had his rare drop a la jordy nelson what was years that? ago against the bills that almost that essentially lost them the one seed in 2014 you could have had the same thing happen this year but the browns had baker mayfield who is bad who is bad very he's bad and that's another thing i'll say is that they're they're winning <laughs> making up some popovers okay. some turnovers <laughs> That's another thing they're getting the benefit of is that, yeah, they're winning these games and you like everybody's running into this because there's a lot of bad quarterback play around the league this year, but they're beating a lot of bad quarterbacks and this Vikings thing, it really could have probably helped them to play an average, literally the the epitome of average quarterback. Definition in, of average. In Kirk Cousins. Now they're getting it's another. Name. Now they're getting a dog shit quarterback again. And they're just kind of going to waltz into the playoffs playing all these bad quarterbacks. And it's going to get really tough really fast when they hit playoff time. And that's something I'm excited for, but I'm not sure you guys should be. Blair Walsh from 27 yards left hash. Snap good. Spot down. Walsh's kick is up. And it is. 
good. He missed it. Are you kidding me? The season can't end like that. So, so go ahead, Bill. I was going to say my main takeaway from that was Jeremy basically saying that he's scared of Mason Crosby making kicks, which is a nice uh, change of pace from the rest of the season. Well, yeah. <laughs> so short kick. Um, well, so Jeremy, uh, number one, let, let's talk about that Devonte drop. What happened there? What was that? That was at, that is almost as shocking as when Aaron Rodgers throws an interception, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa what? My eyes don't. My brain. That doesn't make sense. What do you mean? Wait, what do you mean, Devonte Adams dropped the football? That was the definition of it happens to the best of us, and it happened to happen at the wrong time. The Browns should have won that game, and they blew it. Yeah, no, the Browns should have won that game. There, that's the thing that makes me nervous. Is this like reminds me a lot of 2019, uh, except we have the signature win. Like we have a couple of them, like beating. Arizona in Arizona is a signature win without Devontae Adams or Alan Lazard or MVS. Um, having that win against the Rams at home, where we, we really dominated pretty strong. Uh, but the idea that in the last two weeks we, we beat the Browns and a Lamar Jacksonless Ravens team by like a combined four points, three points makes me super super nervous and that that was what the 2019 team was like the 2019 team 2019 team had two wins against the Lions in which they led for zero seconds in both games combined yeah this is starting to remind me of um like the late McCarthy era where we would get a big lead and then just play not to lose the rest of the game and just so is it teams a- back into it is it a Packers thing, or is it a, or is it a McCarthy thing? You know, you you would ask that about like uh, the Chargers, where it's like, oh, Philip Rivers with the ball down seven or eight with the entire field and no timeouts and like a minute fifty left, and and then he leaves, and you're like sitting there, and you're wondering, like, is this a Chargers thing or is this a Philip Rivers thing? And now I'm starting to wonder, is getting out to a nice comfortable lead. And then allowing the other team to crawl back to make you sweat. Is that a Packers mm-hmm. thing? I mean, it could be. I think I'm probably going to get this wrong because I'm trying to go off memory. But I swear I thought someone, I think it was after the Browns game, someone tweeted out a stat that was basically the Packers have had a two-score lead in every single game this year at some point. And it's like, and you look at the final scores and they're like two points, three points, you know, like whatever. Yeah. You're like, or even a, or even like a, a, a multi-score loss and you're like, seriously? like Right. Obviously, we didn't have a two-score lead against the Saints, but I mean, it, that game didn't count. That was the fourth preseason game anyway, so. Yeah. People forget that. People do forget that. It is kind of weird that people still bring up that game. It is so far in the past. That game does not matter. Like that, that, that game, game. It just doesn't even make sense. We also probably didn't have a two-point lead against the Chiefs or a two-score lead against the Chiefs. I don't think yeah. you ever. Let so, that like game. I said, the, the stat was probably wrong, but I mean, it could but be. I, you know what? All the it other might games be, that make sense. It might be the wins. They might yeah. have been in the wins. We've had two-score leads. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Well, boys. Let's talk about the upcoming game. Okay. Uh, the, the Packers are at home. They are playing a Kirk Cousinless Vikings team. Don't and, you mean a Sean Mannion-led Vikings team? Uh, Sean Mannion. Don't know who that is. Sean uh, the Man Mannion. Sean the Man. Uh, I don't know if that's his nickname. But it's a good nickname. I like it. I like it. What, well, why don't you do a little bit of research while we talk here about uh, Sean Mannion for me? Um, just give me give me some information that you can find on on this Mannion. Um, so, now, uh, because while you're doing that, uh, Bill, I wanna I wanna ask a question to the both of you. It's it's kind of fun to think back about the progression of our podcast, and I wanna point to every time we play the Vikings until Mike Zimmer is no longer the head coach. I al- will I will always remember one of our worst moments of a podcast. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. One of our what worst moments of a podcast? Wait, hold on, hold on. Let Bill think on it for a oh, second. Oh, okay. I, 
Okay, I, I had to think about it, but yeah, the, the Zimmer qualifier, I think I know what it is. Yes, yes. So, so Jeremy, what, uh, because I don't think Jeremy was a part of that podcast. I think he had listened to it and, no, I think it was and just informed me and us of it. our mistake. So, so, Jeremy, what did we do wrong? Well, Mike was making fun of Mike Zimmer a little bit, which is fine. Something I was making fun of him for loving football so much, I'm pretty sure. Like not having caring about anything else except football. Yeah, kind of like the Tom Thibodeau thing where it's like, yeah, he's probably he just cares so much about football. He probably loves football more than like he loves his wife or whatever. He probably goes home to his wife and I don't remember what you said. It wasn't I, I, Okay, I know great... I had set a scene. I had set a scene where he was having dinner with his wife and kids. And he was answering all the questions and asking all the questions the way a football coach would at a press conference, being like, uh, you know, whenever his daughters would ask how his day was, he'd be like, well, you know, we stuck to the grindstone. We put our heads down, you know, like the way and his wife just hating it. Right. And that was the scene that I had set. And and what was the mistake I made? Uh, I had to feverishly text the group and said, Mike, you know, that like his wife's dead, right? Yep. Apparently not. Yep. But now he's got a smoke show girlfriend, apparently. Yeah, isn't he dating an Instagram model? I think so. I've heard of things, but I don't look into it because I just don't care enough. It's just a weird thing to care about, but I think he is. I'm definitely on this. Okay. Okay, well, what are you seeing, Bill? Um, I'm seeing Maxim Covers. What? Uh, I think her name is... Katarina Mikechen, Mikechen. You can't flim flam uh, the Zim Zam. I am. Yeah. Okay. 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 I want to. I want to dissect this before we get into the game. How do you imagine this relationship co- like comes together? That doesn't make any sense. Like number one, I know this man's not on Instagram. Like Mike Zimmer's not on Instagram. Like, oh, I, I don't think Mike Zimmer goes to parties. Like, I, what, like, was she at a football game? And he was like, hey, do you want to grab dinner sometime? Like, how, how does this come to well, fruition? Because I, okay. in the normal so, course of events, Mike Zimmer goes from the football field to his home and he goes home and he game plans for the next day of football. I, I don't understand. I don't, I'm, I'm lost. Okay. So doing some research. Okay, so Mike Zimmer is, what, she's born in 56, so what, he's 65, 66? Yep, 64, 65. He's probably like 70, yeah, mid-60s. He's born in 1956, so he's a year older than my dad. Um, But anyway, so I was like, okay, so this girl's got to be, you know, 40 years younger than her just looking at her first of all hats off to her she's 40 so she's a she's looking 40 so they're not the age gap isn't that far um but she is um of yugoslavian descent her parents both immigrants to duluth so she's a duluth native um she's been going to a game since 2018 um, she was uh, the cover star of Australia's Maxim Magazine uh, in December of this year. Uh, she's got 429,000 Instagram followers, and she runs an outdoor adventure blog titled Katarina Elizabeth Outdoors, in which she focuses on outdoor sports such as paddleboarding, kayaking, hiking, and snowshoeing. Oh my god, they're um, perfect together. She's a football guy, she likes the outdoors. <laughs> yeah. I want, uh, you to, I want you to just close your eyes, listener. Close your eyes. Picture the most beautiful little river. You've got foliage on the sides. A crick. It's You're a up in the sun- boundary waters. It's a sunny day. And now picture Mike Zimmer in a kayak. Did you just listen to that question I just answered? Okay, I got three years invested in Brett Huntley, two years invested in Joe Callahan. The quarterback room is exactly where it needs to be. Okay, I'm going to send you guys a picture of them at a dinner or like a lunch or whatever and they're sitting at a table and she looks like a, I mean she's not like super dressed up and she looks you know like a, a model she looks attractive and then Mike Zimmer's in a jeans a hoodie and a ball cap and it's it's just very funny visual 
So, so does this mean Mike Zimmer's got like mad game? I think he's just a sweetheart. Have you ever heard him talk? Uh, um, I'm gonna plead the fifth. So you haven't heard I him speak. I, mean, I don't really listen to his press conferences. If that's what you're asking. Well, you don't have to listen to a bunch of them if you heard just one. I mean, he's pretty soft-spoken. He's probably a real nice guy. Seems like he could get the ladies. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for yeah. him. I mean, neither of them. So this is all coming from SportingNews.com, which is a reputable site for coach celebrity dating rumors, I guess. Um, but uh, someone DM'd her on Instagram was like, hey, are you guys dating? And then she said, yeah. So that's how it became official. But he wasn't going to say anything otherwise. Like, like, why would you? you know, it's not a, well, it's not a big deal to him. So, you know, there's no reason to. You I'm know what saying. he did? He was like, he looked around the league and he was like, so who is the best coach? This is how much he cares about football. I figured it out, guys. This is all for football. He looked at, he looked around the league and he was like, who's the best coach in the NFL? Bill Belichick, right? And he's like, what is going on in Bill Belichick's life that is not going on in my life? Because Mike Zimmer looks in the mirror and what he sees is the work ethic of a Bill Belichick and a football dedication of the Bill of Bill Belichick. They both have above their mirror low man wins. So like he understands football. But he's like, what am I missing? And he did a little research. Well he didn't do the research. He asked he asked uh, 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 I don't know an assistant at on the job to do a little research on what Bill Belichick does to get W's. And they're like, well he's got this longtime girlfriend so then Mike Zimmer was like, oh, I think I need to get me one of those. He went out, dedicated himself to the football team, and now the Vikings are 6-7. and seven. I, I I figured it was more him, you know, coming at the uh, the Sean McVay's and the Cliff Kingsbury's of the world. But, you know, those <laughs> young coaches with their, with their, you know, model girlfriends, he's like, I can do that. I'm Mike Zimmer. <laughs> For these guys, watch this. Oh, so good. Okay, let's talk about the game. Um, what about Sean Mannion? I did so much research. Did you do? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I was about to come back, so you've got some Sean Mannion stuff. So, so tell me about Sean Mannion. Who is who is this person? So Sean Mannion uh, was born in uh, San Jose or San Jose. Uh, he actually he went to Oregon State. Do you know what that makes him? A beaver. Beaver, you're right. Um, he got drafted by the St. Louis Rams, third, third round, in 2015. Um, played one game for them, and then they moved to L.A. And in 2016, he played one game for them. Uh, 2017, though, was his breakout year. He played in five games, starting one. Uh, in his, I don't have his one start, but his combined stats for that year, he went 22-37, 185 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Game manager. Um, yep. 2018 then, he played in three games for the Rams. And then I assume he was a free agent and got signed by the um, Vikings. And in 2019, he played in three games for them. At started one, he went 12-21 for 126 yards. No touchdowns, two INTs. Good. Good. Mm-hmm. This reminds me, do you guys, so, so Bill, when you hear, when you hear, oh my gosh, the Vikings starter is out. Yeah. Is there a game that comes to mind for you? Joe Webb. The Joe Webb game. Yes. So. Unfortunately, it's not a playoff game, but it might as well be for the Vikings. Yes. The Joe Webb game. I actually had to work at Subway that night and I remember being so nervous about losing to Joe Webb. Like, I had convinced myself that the Packers were going to lose to Joe Webb in the playoffs. Oh, sure. I, I mean, I, I, when I saw the, uh, the ESP notification on my phone, I was like, oh, man, that's huge. Like, and, I was, and then the next thought was like, oh, man, this is going to hurt so much worse when we lose. Oh, and, and, and I remember uh, I, Twitter was a thing then, and I remember scrolling through Twitter and seeing the video of Joe Webb jumping up on top of a stack of like pads 
that mm-hmm. were taller than you and me on our shoulders and being like, he literally can is going to be able to jump from the 20-yard line into the end zone and it's over. He's going to just, he's just going to try to jump past, but he's going to clear like both offensive and defensive lines and just keep going. Like what he does is like, what I was nervous was going to happen is they were going to go from the shotgun empty and he was just going to catch the ball and just sprint towards the line and jump and almost sure. in like a cartoonish way, like uh, space jam, his legs were going to like stretch out and he would land at the 50, like 20 yards at a time. I believe it. But it didn't happen. No, he just threw a ball directly into the sun and it picked <laughs> off. <laughs> so, like, uh, as I'm getting tackled, I'm going to throw this ball at a 90 degree angle straight up into the air. And see what <laughs> he, he was the one that created the arm punt. Oh, God, yeah, he did do that a couple of times, didn't he? Yeah. So, okay, the, the line has moved to 13 and a half with the news of Kirk Cousins not playing. That doesn't make much sense to uh, your Packer truth tellers like Bill and I because uh, Dalvin Cook, they should not even. They, remember, like, what, four weeks ago when Bill Belichick was wearing the mask that said Army and his quarterback had three passing attempts the entire game? Truly, that's what the Vikings should do. They should turn around. Bill Belichick is a Navy guy. Oh, sorry, Navy. Uh, and he sh- we sh- they should turn around and hand the ball off to. Um, that domestic violencer Dalvin Cook, which, by the way, I don't, I don't understand why we've stopped talking about that. But that's, you know, we don't talk about that here. Um, they should just give the ball to Dalvin Cook a hundred times. Well, they've got two guys yeah. that could run the entire night. They could just run Alexander Madison and Dalvin Cook back to back to back to back. Just do it. All, just do it. How else are you going to win? I, that's what Alexander I would do. Madison sounds like a former president. <laughs> Kinda. Have you guys? So when I did, you guys uh, click on Shefty's tweet when he tweeted out that that Kirk Cousins uh, had COVID. I, I mean, yeah, I saw the tweet. Did you go to the replies? No. Um, I yeah, it was wasn't it a lot of like Vikings fans just being like, "God damn it." Well, I I retweeted the one reply that made me laugh out loud, and it was it was at the beginning of the year when they were asking Kirk about what he's gonna do so he doesn't have any close contacts, and he was like. I'm not going to have any close contacts. I'm, I've been seriously considering putting up plexiglass around yeah. me when I am in the the football, whatever. And he's like, because I will not have another close contact. Someone should take that and then they should make it an always sunny where it says, Kurt, like it, he goes through that whole Kirk Cousins gets COVID. Kurt Cousins gets COVID. <laughs> yeah. Well, he made it to week 17, you guys. He tried his damnedest, but he's yeah, going to catch it eventually. Yeah. I guess so. I, mean, I, I said this to Mike earlier before the pod, and I was like, I mean, this could have been Aaron Rodgers. He just was lucky enough to get it, you know, week seven against an AFC team instead of week 17 against a division rival in a crucial game for both teams well yeah my favorite yeah, tweet too. on it is the one that bill sent us the drew mcgarry one you gotta admire kirk for waiting until this exact moment no one is more reliably worthless it's so spot on it is so spot on high snap put down joseph come on it is good no he missed no it good. are you kidding me he missed it right he missed it right are oh my heavens oh Oh my, this, he missed a right. What a gut punch to a team. Paul, that play after play, toward the end, fought its way back. Oh, missed it by like a foot. And just, oh my God, how did... Our, Bill, how nervous are you? Uh, the, the thing, one of the things I was most nervous about was uh, old Justin Jefferson uh, torching oh, us yeah. again. Do you think uh, Sean Mannion can get him the football? Yeah, I mean, if Sean Mannion, Sean Mannion can com- complete a pass, I think Justin Jefferson will get it. I mean, can we can we talk all again? He one more... to, all he needs to do is put the ball into his hands, and then Justin Jefferson can just do the rest. Like, yeah, can we can we talk about it one more time? Because it's one of my favorite things to talk about, and I love Jeremy. The way Jeremy phrases it is like, "How is Justin Jefferson always open?" He is literally always open. He's Kirk, always open. Everyone needs. It doesn't matter who in. the quarterback is. They just don't draw up plays for the man. This is what I hear from my friends who are Vikings fans. Just 
the game plan doesn't equate to feeding him. He is literally always open. If you want to get him the ball, he was he's open. <laughs> like I, he's he can he can almost be like an outlet, but like 15 yards down the field because you know he's going to be open. He falls it's like into I go the to my category. First read, no one's there. Second read, no one's open. Okay, well I know Justin Jefferson's on the field, so I'm just going to throw it in that general direction. He's going to come down with it. He is one of the few in the league that falls into the category that one of the people I follow uses frequently that I love. He's just he's he's seven eleven. He is always open. <laughs> oh, that is so good. Um, all right. Anything else from the game? The Packers get MVS back, and mm-hmm. it does seem that MVS is kind of a key for this offense. When he is playing, the offense is a lot better. Well, he is yeah, like what I mentioned he, earlier. If you can just hit that one deep shot when you need just one drive, he's kind of your guy. Yeah, when, when MVS plays, the Packers average 30 points a game, and when he doesn't, we don't. I it's mean, crazy. You know. It's, I mean, I'm I'm sure there's probably there could be other reasons for that, but I mean, like Jeremy said, I mean, you get him for the like the one deep pass, like even if you don't score on it, I mean, that's putting us in probably like field goal range or something, you know, it's getting us or near the red zone or whatever. I mean, he's setting stuff up just by catching bombs. Um, Good. I think though, what I wanna what I wanna talk about though, and I think it's something that Mike we we need to have the discussion. I want to rip the Band-Aid off here. Jair Alexander and David Bakhtiari are not going to play for us this season. No, I think Jair is. I don't think David Bakhtiari is. I don't think it's going to happen. Not on the Jair maybe, but he's not playing in the regular season. Yeah. That's a real heartbreaker. Uh, it, it just has been so sad, the amount of injuries that we've had. But everyone's had injuries this football. So you got to do what you got to do, I guess. Um well, hey, before we jump into, because we w- we want to talk about the Hall of Fame, uh, because both teams in this group chat or in this uh, podcast have some finalists. Um, but uh, Bill, do you, in the meantime, while we get prepared for our score predictions and our Hall of Fame conversation, we always love to go to the captain for an injury report. So since you brought up Jair. And since you brought up David Bakhtiari, Bill, can you fill us in on the injury report for the game on Sunday night? Yeah, I'm, uh, I pulled up. Oh, here it is. I just had to scroll through Bob's feed a little bit. Um, so this is the first uh, injury report because he has not tweeted out the one from... It's Friday, right? Yeah. Yeah, today's He has not Friday. tweeted out the one from today's practice, so I'm assuming it's still ongoing. Um, but as of Thursday participation, uh, Jair was limited. Uh, David Bakhtiari did not participate. Dominique Daphne was limited. Aaron Jones was limited. Tyler Lancaster did not participate. Um, Aaron Rodgers did not participate. And Billy Turner did not participate. Thank you, Bill. Um, yeah, do you want the Vikings or? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tyler, Con- Tyler Conklin, limited. Dalvin Cook, full participation. Cameron Dantzler, DNP, CJ Ham full. Can I? No, I'm going to do an Ngakwe here. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> Wang Wu. <laughs> uh, full participation. Harrison Smith, full participation. And a Chaz Surratt, sounds like a Bordeaux wine, was limited. Jeremy, do you want to give us the matchup stats? Well... I wish I saved them from the last one because every single one that I wrote down from the last Vikings game applies to this week and not the one before. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll, have to, we'll have to go back into the editing. It's the Vikings in Lambeau. They can win there. And I'm, I'm just glad they won in Minnesota too. But just, you know, let's just... I don't have the stats. I have the match. That's okay. Here's the up, stat. I have a stat for you. The stat Jeremy. is the Vikings can win in Lambeau. Here's here's the stat. This is this is the rubber match between the Zim Zam and Aaron Rodgers because their records against each other three three and one. Interesting. So, which is crazy to think about. I mean, that's pretty wild. So, okay, uh, perfect. Let's talk about the Hall of Fame, boys. Uh, go ahead, Bill. All right. I just real quick thought of this. I'm gonna 
is it? Can we talk about how like Mike Zimmer's probably going to get fired for after the season? It's really not there or his fault. Yeah. I've been saying that for half the season or even before the season started. I'm like, you guys are going to fire him. And I just think that's a a bad move because a lot of teams are probably going to want him in some capacity. And that's, Oh my God. I would kill to have Mike Zimmer as the Packers defensive coordinator or like consultant, whatever, whatever the bears did with Mike Pettin. That's what I want Mike Zimmer as for the Packers. Just like special consultant (laughs) sit up in the booth. Yes. 100%. It's, I'm going to be sad to see Zimmer go. I like him. Yeah, I like him too. Team seems to maybe have just tuned him out. Sometimes it happens. You're there too long and you don't win enough. Uh, even if you're winning consistently. So if you just get new guys, they aren't your guys. And I don't know, stuff happens. Sometimes well, at least he's got a nice, a nice girl to go home to. That makes me happy. Brett Favre goes back to pass. He pumps. Now he fires over the middle. Intercepted. I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. It was intercepted by Tracy Porter. All right, let's talk about the Hall of Fame, boys. Uh, The Packers and the Bears both have Hall of Fame finalists, which is awesome. I I think that it's fair to say, at least on, on my part, that if I was a Hall of Fame voter, like 100%, I am fully behind having the GOAT kick returner and punt returner in the Hall of Fame. I think Devin Hester getting in the Hall of Fame is so awesome. Um, Bill, Jeremy, talk to me about the... Let's start with Devin Hester. Let's start there, and then we can move on. It's Leroy Butler. Uh, We'll move on to him. Well, when Bill sent me that, I was out, so I wasn't looking at Twitter, but... When I saw it, I just I just lit up. I think it's a super cool thing that he's... I hope he gets first ballot. I guess I just want him to get in in any capacity at all. But being a finalist just feels right. He's just the coolest guy ever. And it, be, having somebody like him in the Hall of Fame is uh, indicative of what f- football is all about. It's everybody on the field. It's whatever is producing for your team doesn't have to be a position player that gets in like you can put punters in the hall of fame you know that right we just don't you can put kickers in i mean there are kickers in everybody football's in all three phases sports and if he was the best person by a landslide at one of the things in the game he is what he is the history of football that he has to be in i just think somebody like him at some point has to get in because of what they did for the NFL in its history. I, I have a cu- I have a couple of things on that too. It's like the one of the weird things about this is that I don't know if he is the first. I don't know enough about the history of of the Hall of Fame, but I know for a fact that he's going to be the last person to ever get in because of kickoffs and punt returns. Like their kickoffs don't exist anymore. Kickoff returns don't exist anymore, and. That is really cool to see him get in because that's how, and that's the second thing I want to talk about, which we've talked about on the podcast before. But Devin Hester, it it I, it will never make sense to me how he was so good at that one thing and no one was ever previous to him or after him able to emulate what he did. It doesn't make sense. It's like it's not even like the Steph Curry level where it's like oh this guy is so much better at something than everyone else no because you can you see people like they're they're starting to emulate it like it no one was even close it's like Wayne Gretzky like it no one was even close to being able to do what he did and I I don't there's nothing to point to you can point to with Steph Curry he's just like really really good at shooting and creating space he's just really good at at the shooting part of it and it's like but with Devin Hester it's like what is it about him that made him so good at returning kickoffs and returning punts he had the greatest uh, the greatest version of this ability that is in uh, in uncalculable incalculable it's just something you cannot intangible his he just had the greatest instinct of anybody Right. You can't you can't quantify that. He was just the best at it. He right. had it, the, he had the greatest mix of speed and acceleration, instinct and audacity. Because yeah. when I've watched this particular video a thousand times, there are just some things where he's like, "Okay, I see a thing here. I'm just gonna 
I'm just going to go. And if it works and I break through these two guys, like I'm gone. Yeah. Also a mix of really good special teams, like coaching and return team. Sure. They just, sure. he just always had a wall. If he broke between the two guys, there's always a wall. Yeah. All right, Bill, uh, anything on, on Devin Hester? Or do you want to move on to uh, Leroy? No, I mean, Devin Hester, I mean, it's far and away. He's the best to ever do it at that position. Um, and it's, you know, like the game has changed and now we, like you said, I mean, we don't really get guys like that anymore. Like, we, like, can you name one guy? Like, who's the last good kickoff returner? Like Patrick Peterson, his rookie year? There you go. Like, yeah, maybe. maybe. Josh Cribbs. He I was mean, about like, the same time as Devin Hester. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, you just don't really have guys that Antonio are, like, Brown, man, like, maybe didn't score the touchdowns, but he was really good, just general return guy. Was it, mm-hmm. was it, who was the chief? Dante Hall? Yeah. He was so, the like, 2000s. But that, that's the crazy part to me. Like, it, it just, it, it gives it even more credibility to what Devin Hester did because Dante Hall was really good for like three or four years, right? And and it's like Devin Hester did it with the Bears and then he returned kicks for touchdowns with the Falcons. Like he did it over such an extended period of time. I yeah, I'm I'm just even I'm, if he I'm wasn't forward. taking them to the house, there was so many times where it's like, well if we could just get a big return here, short field to the offense. Constantly. Um yeah, but I think also the thing is like so like uh, Patrick Peterson and, and Josh Cribbs and, and those other guys, like, yeah, they returned kicks, but they also had a different position that they played. Like, they, you know, whatever, that was their main goal was not kick returns. Like, Devin Hester, he was a return guy. He didn't play, I mean, he kind of played offense, not really. He moved to receiver he didn't play for a defense. few years. He wasn't fantastic, but he had some, you know, low-key, pretty sweet plays. Wasn't great. But he was, but he was mainly on the roster as a return. Like, your job is to take off kicks and take punts. Well, he was like, a, right. he was a corner his we first two years. He couldn't see the field doing that. He was just a kick returner. Yeah, he doesn't, and we don't, teams don't keep roster spots for a guy to take. No, when's the last time you saw somebody whose like position was kick, punt, returner? Like that's what they were right. on the roster for. Yeah. It wasn't like, there isn't. we just use this guy. Like Amari Rogers is your receiver. He's not just your, like he is your kick return, punt return. Like he's supposed to have another job. Right, right. All right, Leroy Butler. Anything, Bill? Uh, yeah, he. Uh, th- so this is his third year as a finalist. He should have been a first ballot. Uh, he is far and away the best safety of the '90s. He's better than he's better than um, uh, John Lynch, who got in ahead of him for some unknown reason. Huh. Um, so, uh, 181 games, Laura Butler had 729 tackles, 20 and a half sacks, 13 forced fumbles, and 38 interceptions. In 224 games, Lynch had 740 tackles, 13 sacks, 16 forced fumbles, 26 interceptions. But he hit people hard, you're forgetting about that. Yeah, I forget. It was, it was the 90s, so, like, highlight reels mattered. Right, and, and you know, he, he, really, he really exemplified how you play football the white way. Uh, the right way um, and that was I would say the reason he got in ahead of Leroy Butler was he on two Super Bowl teams Broncos and Buccaneers or was it just one uh, great question two, two sounds right because um, I'm almost certain he was on that 02 Bucks team but he also could have been on that 90s yeah, Broncos was, team I don't he remember he was definitely on the he was definitely on the Buccaneers. Um, he played. No, he didn't. He didn't go to Denver until '04. Yeah, so I didn't actually know what position Leroy Butler played. I thought it was defensive back, but I didn't know he was a safety. I don't know much about him, but yeah, I don't know. The Lambo leap. Yeah. He originated the Lambo League. No way, really. Um, that's the, like that's Hall of Fame worthy in itself. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you kidding me? Um, yeah, Leroy Butler was a four-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro, Super Bowl champion, and a, he made the Hall of Fame all 1993. Well, I hope that they both get in. I think it'd be really cool to have a Green Bay Packer and a Chicago Bear. Another one. Get in. Cause, I, yeah. 
the, the two teams with the most Hall of Famers, Bears and Packers. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, my, I was going to say it, but I forgot. Devin Hester's first touchdown was week one in his rookie season against the Packers. 26 to 0 oh. blowout. <laughs> a different time that's the other yeah, thing is that if he does get in that's going to be the most electric highlight reel for oh. all like all of his the only things he's making it in for is highlight plays it's not like how yeah, consistent yeah. he was on third down <laughs> yeah it's not it's not a it's not an offensive lineman like blocking it's you very, know he's very tangible yeah. like whoa what were your plays that got you in it's like yes these 20 100 percent. it was these 20 <laughs> yeah all he's right a hell of a pulling guard <laughs> yeah all right, boys. Let's uh, let's make our score predictions. Jeremy, we're gonna start with you. Twenty-five, twenty, Vikings. Wow. Ground Bill. Game. Um, so I think this one's gonna be closer. I don't think the Packers are gonna cover minus thirteen and a half because it's a lot. They want it. They do this specifically to spite me. I'm <laughs> guessing. Um. So I'm going to say, but I think we're still going to win, obviously. I think we're going to get the job done. I'm going to say Packers 28, Vikings 21. The Packers have not blown anyone out this year. Uh, Yet they keep covering. They, and I think that this is the game. It was about this point last year where they dominated the Tennessee Titans to tell everyone in the league, Look at us. We are a good team. Everyone was like, wow, the playoffs are going through Lambeau. The snow game. This game is going to be a game in which the temperature could fall to zero degrees. And I think that the Packers get their first blowout win of the season. I think they win 31 to 14. And they go into next week needing to beat the Lions because I also think that Dallas is going to win. Uh, needing to beat the Lions to be the number one seed. Very excited for that one. And that is when we will talk to you next week. Bill, send us out. Go Pack, go.